So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew alongside uh, the man that you can consider the supercharger to your compliance hot rod, Mr. Adam Goslin. How the heck are you, sir? I'm doing fantabulous today. How about yourself? And I can't complain. I cannot complain on a beautiful summer day. But, uh, you know, as we look into the hot and heavy time of compliance season that is upon us for a lot of folks... You know, a big question mark really stems from, you know, the cost. How much is it going to cost? If I'm coming into something for the first time as a new organization, Adam, that's one of my biggest question marks. But tell me, why is it so hard for companies heading into a compliance engagement for the first time to figure out costs? Well, you know, whenever you, whenever you're going down that compliance journey for the first time, and it, you know, and it, it really reminds me of the first time I had to go do it. Um, it's tough. It, it is, it is an eye-opening experience. It is, uh, it, it is an exercise in running into many, many walls. Uh, you know, uh, you know, along the way, uh, you know, if if you will, as you. Uh, as you fall from the tree, you hit many branches on the way down, and uh, and it's a uh, it, uh, some of those experiences are tougher than others. So you know the it's 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 a complex uh, and costly adventure. It's more complex and costly than than people really ever anticipate as they walk in. Um, you know, whatever wherever their headspace was. All oh, all we have to do is do these. You know couple things and poof you know we have a magic wand and we're compliant you know and um it just doesn't work that way so i I can't tell you how many kind of conversations i've had with organizations afterwards when you know they'll come back to me and they'll say look i honestly i didn't have any idea what we were about to embark on um you know type (laughs) of thing there's a there's a whole realm of costs that there's a lot of organizations that just don't anticipate as they, you know, head down this path. Uh, you know, so certainly, uh, you know, today we'll we'll talk through some of the some of the hidden elements and the reason that it's important for organizations to, you know, to count that cost of compliance before they get started. Um, that sure. way, they can at bare minimum walk in eyes wide open. Well, I think that's a perfect segue, Adam, to, you know, asking what, what are some of the more obvious and I guess some of the less obvious costs associated uh, in this situation? Yeah, well, when it comes to the costs, I mean, some of them are just going to leap right out, right? You know, do we have to register our organization? There's a cost associated with it. We've got to go hire an assessor. Okay, cost associated with it, uh, you know, uh, you know, com- you know 
procuring your compliance management software, et cetera. Um, and it's tempting for organizations to just add up all the stuff they can think of and call it the cost, uh, you know, type of deal. And it's like, well, you know, that approach will overlook uh, oftentimes significant costs that aren't directly visible, but, you know, do play a, a crucial role. Um, and, and most importantly is, is the time and the effort involved in managing uh, compliance. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the items that people just don't think about, you know? Oh, well, you know, we'll just go manage it with an Excel sheet and you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, whoever the, the, the compliance manager or, or, you know, or, or whatever poor soul was, you know, the last one to sit when the music stopped in terms of getting nominated <laughs> for having to, to be the, uh, the, the crazy orchestrator of this. Uh, they're typically an unsung hero uh, on, on the engagement when all said and done because they are the ones that end up shouldering, you know, the vast majority of the, of the compliance burden, um, you know, but there's becoming compliant. There's, there's demands on people across the organization. That's another realm that, that people don't really consider is it, this is going to in some way, shape or form, this is going to impact in some way, all your operational uh, departments, uh, HR, legal, IT, sales, you know, et cetera. I mean, you could have anywhere from three to 30 people whose, you know, day job, you know, gets interrupted with, you know, helping out to, you know, to do things, provision things, answer questions, attend training, whatever, as, as you're going through compliance. So, um, you know, the, the, the interruption of work, diversion of resources, that's a pretty big um, hidden cost that rarely gets considered uh, by folks as they're going through it. You know, and, and, and when the, the problem is, is that when they do uh, overlook it, um, you know, they end up having problems with, you know, operation, their operational staff is, you know, getting bottlenecked and, um, you know, people having to put in overtime, uh, client deliverables or things you committed to people can be negatively impacted or, you know, worst case scenario, you're actually putting the entire, you know, kind of compliance engagement at risk. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, a fair amount that plays into, uh, you know, plays into it in terms of the obvious and less obvious. How does the state of an organization's technology into it? Well, you know, there's a, that's really another realm of a, of a hidden factor, if you will, um, is, you know, what is the, what is the present state uh, of the company that's about to go embark on this journey? Uh, I mean, I've started engagements with organizations that, uh, you know, that were just, you know, cutting their teeth on learning how to spell PCI. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and really hadn't put any effort into either their security or compliance. I've dealt with other organizations that even if they weren't officially subject to some form of compliance, they, um, you know, they had a lot of kind of good bones, um, that they'd, uh, put into the organization, uh, you know, and whatnot. So, you know, the, one of the biggest problems, and we've talked about it in a number of contexts previously, but the, um, you know, the leadership team of the organization going under this guiding assumption that, well, I've got IT people and they know what they're doing. Um, you <laughs> yeah, know, so, a conversation like that today. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and so when it comes, oh, well, all we're going to do is flip three knobs and poof, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be compliant, uh, you know, because these guys got it together. Um, but the reality is, is that while, you know, while the IT staff or your IT vendor, you know, may excel at their regular job duties, they might be really damn good at it. Um, you know, it's it's highly unlikely that they already have the depth of experience in the realm of security and compliance. And that lack of experience thereby translates into a really steep learning curve, uh, which, again, it takes precious time, precious resources, precious money uh, to be able to overcome. Uh, you know, and uh, the unfortunate part is, you know, the chasm the, you know, that the wasted time is busily pouring into comes at a really high cost. Because if you think about it, the, the folks which are primarily engaged in a security and compliance engagements, the ones that have to do a lot of the heavy lifting for, um, you know, things that need to be done uh, you know, on the engagement, those folks often are some of the highest paid individuals and subject matter experts within the organizations that um, not only are they generally the highest paid people, you know, but they're also your most valuable people in the organization. So, uh, you know, uh, not anticipating this gigantic amount of time that you're going to need to, you know, go and put into, you know, this particular, uh, you know, effort is again, another, uh, another realm that a lot of organizations just, they just don't consider, you know, the one, the one thing I was thinking through, I had somebody at one point in the game was, it was asking me, they said, you know, Hey, you know, how much time should we plan for, you know, type of thing. And I said, look, whoever is the core group of people that are going to do most of the heavy lifting, I, if I were you, I would legit anticipate months of them spending at least half their time, uh, you know, on uh, participating only in this, um, you know. So, you well, know, they, they're, they're they're often surprised when I, you know, when I say this, and it's not until months later when they've connected the dots and and learned just what it takes to navigate the waters etc that you know that they realize that you know i wasn't wrong <laughs> but they, they it just doesn't connect with them uh you know at the at, at the time and it, it's kind of tough to get past the you know the you know, the 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 assumptions you know you know what they say about assumptions right no, absolutely. But that's a great question is then what kind of prep time needs to go into this and, and what type of time management capabilities are required in order to do this properly? Well, there, there's usually when you're heading down the compliance road, um, there's usually you know a couple of major phases, figuring out where you stand and then doing the work to get yourself prepped for you know, calling yourself compliant. Um, so in the in in kind of the preparatory phase, you know, you're going to spend a lot of uh, of time and resources, you know, identifying and fixing gaps in those controls that, of your organization. So from the day that you you get going, evaluating where are we at in the grand scheme of things in terms of being ready to go, there's a ton of wasted time. Um, you know, ma proactively managing the process, tracking effort. 
making sure you've got the people actually engaged in attending meetings and status meetings, uh, working on resolving issues, you know, are all time consuming um, activities that add into that, you know, kind of hidden cost of the, you know, of your compliance engagement, um, depending on which gaps are identified, you know, the gap could be a it could be a process or a procedure. Uh, you know, it, however, it could be finding and implementing a particular tool or solution. Um, you know, and so you know, this means that somebody needs to you know needs to spend the time to you know inv- you know uh, invest the time you know in the analysis in learning the you know learning these various systems, attending demos, and you know procuring the you know whatever it is that they're that they're going after implementation you know, et cetera, you know, certainly costs if there's, if there's third party costs involved in those as well, you know, those all start to, you know, kind of start to come into play. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's definitely an arena where, you know, you want to have somebody that is super organized um, that, you know, kind of becomes the eye of that compliance hurricane um, because uh, they're, their time management capabilities are are going to translate into benefits for the overall benefits to the organization over what they otherwise would have needed to invest. Well, Adam, what are some of the other things that organizations need to be cautious of? Well, I, I love to use the expression about the snake oil salesperson. So, um, you know, more and more these days, it's it's kind of laughable when you you know when you when you get these emails or you sit through a demo or whatever you know and these organizations whoever they may be are sitting there claiming that oh I'll go with us and poof you know we'll wave a magical wand and all your compliance problems are just gonna melt away you know it's like oh, come on man you know you've got to you know, whether it's signing up for their solution, hosting your stuff with them, installing their tool, using their compliance system, whatever, you know, just bingo, everything's just going to, all the burden's going to be gone and you're saving millions as you, you know, kind of, you know, crest over the finish line with the chariots of fire music, you know, ringing in your ears, right? And it's like, I've seen a whole ton of bullshit in the marketplace over the years. Um, you know, and T- TCT keeps gaining new friends that initially were lure- lured by the snake oil dribbling in the in the, in the person's ears. You know, um, you know the 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 folks that go through that you know that process of dealing with the snake oil salesman. You know, they're dealing with you know kind of several several problems that they've experienced. Um, it could be long and costly implementation times. Uh, pipe dream promises that fell significantly short, uh, additional costs that start, you know, getting added in. Oh, oh, you, oh, we're going to need to do this. Oh, that's going to cost you, Cha-ching! Uh, you know, and, you know, also vendors that straight up will lie to their prospects about just how good or how shitty their solution is. So, um, you know, they, you, you know what they say about if it sounds too good to be true. You know, never, never more the case when you're dealing with just some of the just outright garbage that gets spewed by some of these vendors in the space. Sure. No, that that totally tracks. Now, unfortunately, the, the harsh reality is, is that some companies do have to consider outsourcing. What does that look like? Tell us more. 
Um, you know, when you're when you're kind of going through the compliance process, there's you know there's there's several decisions that get to get to be made in different in different arenas. But you know, it typically will come down to, are we gonna are we going to do this in house ourselves, or are we going to bring in a you know bring in a third party? Um, you know, the 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 reality is is that you can offload a lot of heavy lifting to capable third parties, um, but that's going to come with a price tag. So now you've got to sit down and, and, and start running the cost benefit analysis. Um, you might save on the upfront cost by having the internal team, you know, kind of tackling things, but, you know, remembering that every hour they're spending on whatever. So I don't know, let's just pick one out of the, out, out of the hat. Uh, you know, uh, sim, you know, sim sock central logging, um, you know, decide, oh, screw it. We're just going to go build it ourselves. Well, you know, yeah, sure. You're not going to have to pay startup costs, you know, and things along those lines. But, you know, for every hour they're, you know, trying to make this all work and get it configured and, 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 and they're not supporting your core business. Um, you know, next thing you know, across the various team members, and, you know, and whatnot, setting anything aside around any costs they may have needed for uh, internal use software, if they could be thousands of hours into, you know, kind of implementation costs. And, you know, if, if you, if you look at it this way, you know, if, you know, if we put it in the, in the realm of like compliance management, as an example, um, you know, you could, you know, if, if people are sitting here going, well, you know, we, we, we won't spend 2000 hours on, you know, on managing our compliance. Uh, you know, the reality is, is that the compliance manager is uh, most likely on a, you know, on a full scale engagement to spend north of 300 hours just on status meetings alone. That's just the compliance manager. That doesn't oh, count yeah. your, you know, your central IT folks, the, um, you know, the, the folks in your develop, you know, in development, the, you know, your folks in all the other departments that are going to be engaged, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, you could, you know, you could have a certain core group where uh, you remember I was talking earlier about, you know, kind of the time allocation for some of these folks. And I said, hey, you can count on them for months at, at 50 percent. Well, I mean, if that's five, six people or something for months at 50%, you know, the, the, the 2000 hours doesn't necessarily sound like a pipe dream anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you start adding up all of those, you know, various activities just in compliance management alone, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, those, those costs are just going to outright, you know, outright skyrocket. But, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity for organizations as they go through compliance to, to, to have that kind of decision-making process. I, it, honestly, I th there are far, far too many organizations that go the route of screw it, we'll do it ourselves because they think it's going to save them money. The yep. funniest part about that is I kind of look back on, you know, on organizations that, you know, basically had told me, oh, you know, nah, we'll just do it ourselves, you know, type of thing. They either were just spending more, you know, spending more indirect money um, than they would have otherwise paid out, um, you know, or they 
give it a shot for a certain period of time. And, you know, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll have organizations that'll, you know, uh, that will, uh, be absolutely certain that they can handle da -da 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 all themselves. And meanwhile, they come, they come back around, you know, two years, three years later, you know, type of thing and want to, you know, want to rekindle conversation. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's nice when you can see the light bulbs, you know, light bulbs finally go on. You know, but uh, it's uh, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough, especially if you don't have the context of what you're about to embark on. Yeah, the only thing I would do is I would just implore organizations to forward this episode to <laughs> forward this episode to their boss and uh, and and take a listen to some uh, some kind of uh, real real talk about uh, security and compliance. Sure. Now, uh, finally, you know, what about ongoing compliance costs or operational compliance as we call it um talk to me about that in in, in the context of, of the tct portal specifically and i'll tell you what we'll cover that one but then we'll have one more that we'll, uh, one more that we'll get and get get into That's before a, we before we round it out it kind of plays hand in hand and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and i think that you know however you want to handle it if you just want to want to talk about the costs associated with vendors. I, I mean, there are certain costs that, that, that could be associated with compliance management tool sets, but there's others to, to consider as well, correct? Yeah, like the, you know, a, a real easy example is the, you know, is the assessor. So, you know, you've got the, you've got the cost of the, of the assessors themselves. You've got other vendors that you may choose to, you know, choose to bring into the mix, but the, the, the assessor, the assessor, uh, you know, is is one that's fairly obvious. So, you know, I was on the uh, I, I was on the other uh, on the phone the other day with an organization that was going to go into their annual cycle. You know, with uh, with an assessor that they figured they would just go, you know, p pay their fee, pass off all of their evidence, and the assessor's just going to go and you know do all of their stuff behind the scenes and you know blah blah blah. And uh, again, everything's just going to go smooth as silk. And next thing you know, the the, the assessor's turning around. Uh, you know, and this is kind of the the, the vision of the of, of the client, right? Uh, and uh, next thing you know, the the assessor's coming around. They they requested uh, a full schedule of four entire days worth of meetings, observations with all different people across the organization, et cetera. You know, and the organization was was really kind of shocked about how much of a draw on, you know, of time on resources the 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 you know kind of on-site assessment was gonna was gonna take up. So, you know, you've also got, you know, as it relates to the you know, outside of the cost of the assessor themselves, you know, you you're you're gonna have regular recurring ongoing meetings with the assessor. Um, you know, all of those status meetings and however many people you decide to drag to those, you know, are going to start, you know, having a, you know, having a drag on the, you know, on the cost to the organization. Um, you know, especially if you think about it, you know, normally what will happen on a compliance engagement is you'll have your meetings with your whatever. Let's say the meetings with the assessor on Thursdays and in advance of that meeting with the assessors, we want to, uh, oh, my motion alerts are in full effect. I don't know if you hear that. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, you know, so I had, uh, you, you've got, you want to be prepared for the meeting, right? 
So what do you do? Well, now we got to have internal meetings to prep for the meeting with the assessor and, you know, and whatnot. You've got your well, whatever weekly status meetings that you're going to go do. So, you know, there's there's a number of different meetings that end up kind of coming into play. And again, drawing on, uh, you know, drawing on there. Um, you know, the assessors are going to want, need, um, when they get to the point of the onsite, uh, to go in and have detailed discussions and, and, and overviews, uh, interactive overviews about the firewall, change control, access control, onboarding, you know, so, you know, now you, you, you're also dragging in, you know, the various members of your team from those various departments, um, uh, to be able to participate, uh, both in evidence, you know, evidence provisioning, uh, you know, as well as the, you know, the assessor on sites. So all of those, you know, kind of start to, you know, kind of start to come into play as well. Most certainly. Now, now let's talk a little bit more Going back. about, about <laughs> uh, ongoing compliance. Yeah. In the TCT portal, we refer to it as operational compliance. Um, you know, really, that's the that's the point at which the the organization has uh, struggled their way to get to the point where they can now declare themselves compliant, and uh, you know, and now they are uh, you know moving from we made it to well now we actually need to maintain this thing. So um, you know, the, the the journey toward compliance does not end with the certificate. Um, it's not a one and done, um, you know, so a lot of organizations in terms of their planning for costs, um, they completely forget about the fact that they're actually going to have to do stuff now. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, the way to look at it for the, you know, kind of for the, the leaders of an organization is this, is that, you know, you're, you, when you go down the road of compliance, in, initially there's a validation that you've got all of the right stuff in place. And when you sign on the dotted line at the, you know, at the end of that arduous journey, what you're signing is you're signing a document which effectively says these are the things that we are, you know, that we have in place and we are going to do on a periodic basis, uh, on a as needed basis, etc. throughout the year. And a year down the road from that point, then we're going to go and take a look back and and see that you've been doing all of these various elements, you know, Um you know, there's a lot of things that have to be managed, maintained, um, you know, uh, activities that need to be performed. And, and it's often a really rude awakening, um, you know, for some organizations that aren't organized when it comes to their, you know, operational compliance responsibilities. They get a year down the road and they discover that they forgot to do this, you know, forgot to do that. Um, I even had one organization, I brought this up, I think before, but I had one organization that, that legit says to me, they go, Oh, so you mean to tell me that the quarterly vulnerability scans, we need to do those like each quarter. Uh, yeah, 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 that's what we meant. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that, um, you don't want to be in that position. I, I actually, part of the reason that we built the operational compliance mode into the TCT portal um, is literally because we were sitting down at on sites with organizations that, you know, that had taken a model of wanting to do this, like dive through our butts fiasco once a year, um, you know, uh, et cetera, and finding out that, well, they hadn't done things that they could do. Well, there's no 
there's no uh, ready way to produce a passing ASV scan from nine months ago if you didn't actually do it. So, um, you know, so it's uh, it, it really, you know, the oversights in this regard put at risk, um, you know, the trust that you built with the third parties, especially that depend on your certifications, because you could, as a result of, uh, you know, kind of neglecting to, to fulfill your obligations, literally put your compliance at risk. And, and that's going to have ripple impacts for, you know, for you, you know, for you and for your business. So. I really encourage organizations to take it seriously. And I'm pretty sure we've done uh, several, uh, you know, several topics, uh, you know, in the, in the podcast, certainly on our blog, you know, related to operational compliance. So, um, you know, if folks want to learn a little bit more about, uh, about that arena, uh, we've got a lot of assets, both on the TCT blog and on the uh, compliance unfiltered. Outstanding parting shots and thoughts for the folks this week, Adam. Well, before you head down this path of, hey, we're going to go get compliant and, you know, uh, do, just do me a favor. Uh, you know, don't take the uh, don't take the laissez faire approach. Uh, do not anticipate waving any wands. Um, it's just not going to work that way. So, uh, you know, count up all the costs, uh, not just the things which are staring you right in the face. Um, a lot of the items that we've talked about today are a lot of those kind of hidden items that add up, uh, as you go through, go through the annual compliance engagement. So, um, you know, make sure that you're, that you're taking those into account, that you're, um, anticipating, the load on your existing resources as it relates to your day-by-day -day operations. I can tell you one of the most significant stress points that I see in an organization trying to get through compliance is that battle between the things that they need to do to continue down the compliance path uh, and be ready to go uh, versus uh, the competing uh, needs of those resources for um, either operations or for planned projects and things along those lines. It's a really, really freaking big deal. And there's a lot of companies that, that really struggle, uh, you know, with it. So, you know, walk in and make the game plan, make the game plan, put a project on your calendar called compliance and put the planning in, um, you know, so that you allocate the right individuals. If you allocate them at 75% and you only needed them for 35% of the time, hey, guess what? That's a win, right? Now we can start pulling <laughs> other things forward and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what where it sucks is when, you know, you get the magic wand waivers going, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pull this out of our fannies and, you know, in 20, you know, in 20, 20%, you know, type of thing. And meanwhile, it's really going to take 80. Um, you know, that's where they start getting screwed. And that's where really the screws start to turn on, you know, as an organization, um, you know, on the people that are uh, that are both managing it, the departmental managers. Oh, I've seen some just bitter contention uh, at, at organizations um, as everybody is now forced to compete for, you know, a limited pool of resources. Um, you know, you're, uh, you know, go into your compliance journey, have both your eyes open, take the time to think about all these costs, listen to this podcast, maybe two, three times, you know, type <laughs> of deal, make sure you got your eyes dotted and T's crossed because 
it will it will help to keep the organization running smoothly, more productively, uh, reduce stress. Uh, you know, and uh, not just uh, during your first compliance cycle, but you know, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, as you you know, kind of step into the compliance space. And that right there, that's the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less. 